broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. to Live Nation's Friday edition of the Jeff Cameron Show. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Somewhere out there, Director Matthew is floating about. Ben's floating about. Hey, on Twitter, it's at Cameron Show. We appreciate you uh, and all that you do to support us. Speaking of which, right out the gates of support, Zaxby's. Yeah, man. I'm ready to eat me some Zaxby's this football season. You should be, too. If you're thinking about tailgates, and why would you not be thinking about tailgates as we're on the eve of college football, uh, make sure you got your plans in place for the first home game against Southern Miss. When you roll into town and you're thinking, I need a lot of quality food for a lot of people, where can I get it? Well, there are 57 locations of Zaxby's in Tallahassee. Anywhere you look, you run into a Zaxby's and you get the big-ass platter that they have, which is delicious and can feed a small army, you get the Zach sauce and all the fries and all the goodness that comes with it. Go buy your neighborhood Zaxby's, of which there are nine per neighborhood in Tallahassee. So you really can't miss out on the Zaxby's. And know this, while you're supporting Zaxby's, you're supporting a guy who supports the Florida State football program and the university in the form of being a Golden Chief for over 18 years. Forget about it. Zaxby's. Get that chicken sandwich while you're at it. It's huge. Split top bun, three thick cut pickles, Zach sauce, spicy Zach sauce. It's good stuff. All right. And away we go. Appreciate that. Golden Chief Booster over 18 years. That's what Danny does. That's what Zaxby does. They support the Jeff Cameron show. They support Wake Up War Chant. They support Florida State Seminoles. Why wouldn't you support Zaxby's? Get off your ass. Go do the right thing. There you go. That's how it works. You know, that, um, that reminded me of when um, your favorite, the Mad Dog, has a collar on, and he'll be like, uh, we go to Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, hi, how you doing? Go ahead. All right, how you doing, Mitch? Come on, Mitch. All right, go ahead. Mitch, now, Mitch. And you're just like, let, let the guy speak. Let Mitch I'll, say hello, man. you have to give him five prompts? Like, uh, oh, and it, every call is like, oh, hi, oh, hey, hello, hey. Yeah. Just let it go, Chris. Anyway. Can you hear me, Mad Dog? <laughs> Coach, I am literally screaming into the microphone. Coach, I can hear you just fine. It's Steve Dumig. I hear you just fine, Coach. Go ahead. I knew your brother. I played with your brother. He was a hell of a ball player. He loved you. Coach, can you hear me? Mad Dog, are you there, Mad Dog? I'm right here, Coach. I am on the precipice of beating your face. I'm right here. Talk to me. Coach Paterno, I'm here. Man, man, is Mad Dog there? Is he there? Where is he? (laughs) Put the SID on. He's like, can you hear? I can hear you fine. Yeah. I can hear you, you, Steve. I can hear you. Just Tell Coach I can hear him. (laughs) 
literally screaming and the fact that he's called the mad dog and not the big dog had to hurt his soul <laughs> oh yeah mad dog are you there are you th- I, I don't know I, where is he is he supposed to be here You're like joe paterno go get in the machine and eat your sandwich you're just nuts it was great <laughs> you knew my brother <laughs> 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 Mad Dog. Hey, Steve Dumig here. Big Dog. Steve, D- you knew my brother. He was a big fan of yours, Coach. <laughs> this is a Saturday Night Live skit. It was the dumbest thing a host has ever said. Yes, that was real. It happened. Yeah. You knew my brother. Like, did he think Penn did he, did he think the head coach of Penn State is now 90 on the verge of death, embroiled in a scandal involving child <laughs> rape, was going to go, oh, yeah, Steve, your brother Frank was great. I loved him in 74. He was a good player. Nice guy on special teams. What the hell did Steve Dumas think he was going to say? I'm sure we get dinged for copyright because the bots are ridiculous, but I have it and I wish I could play it, but maybe one day on, on uh, bellying up, we can uh, break it down. <laughs> I can hear you coach. I'm right. Coach. Coach. It's the big dog. I can. <laughs> now he's dead. Steve Dooming's dead. So, oh, so is Paterno. So maybe, yeah, well, maybe, maybe they could, uh, they met up and they, they yeah. were able to, to coach. figure it out. Why wouldn't you talk to me? I can hear you just fine. Oh, hey. Mad dog. Mad dog. I tell you, on my deathbed, I was thinking, why can't he hear me? Oh, my God. (laughs) By the way, I've been doing some more thinking about this San Jose State at USC game. Hmm? I'm going to take the 30 and a half. Oh, okay. All right. Now, this is fascinating. This I have no idea what San Jose State is. This is why <laughs> gambling sometimes is ridiculous. But I can see how this narrative gets spun one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Number one, San Jose State loses by 24. And they Correct. cover. And uh, what's that score? 51-27. Uh, 51-27 is the mm-hmm. final score. Okay. USC's defense is not fixed. They're frauds. Or USC wins 70 to 14. The defense looks a lot better. They are fixed. I'm hoping for the latter. Yeah, you so are. That we can get value on USC moving forward. So if you recall, the last time we saw Southern Cal, they were in the midst of blowing a massive lead against who? Tulane. Tulane. Get it together, Southern Cal. Good Christ. That was embarrassing. Although one could argue. It was not surprising. Tulane and everybody else scored at will against Southern Cal. Southern Cal, and we talk about our defense, USC gave up 30 points a game last year on defense. Actually, 29.4. But that, that, that's nearly 30 points a game. And, 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 you know, if you want to live in the gray area, this one's black and white. Florida State, you can argue what they did or did not do against good offenses, but they dominated bad offenses. USC did none of that. USC well, did none of that. Now, USC and really anywhere that Lincoln Riley goes, they will always score. I would argue – not even argue. I think he is the best offensive coordinator in football. I don't think it's close. I mean, that guy scores a gazillion points against everybody. What about in our backyard now? Hang on. Uh, nope. Now that NC State game is a ding, buddy. I'm not. Uh-uh. That was nonsense. 
And we've seen some nonsense, uh, Egg Lane. The first half against Wake, nonsense, nonsense. No, you got to be – Lincoln Riley ain't having it, dude. That dude is scoring a gazillion points on your ass. That's just all there is to it. Now, you may drop a number on him too, but uh, he's going to score. Um, and so I just – yeah, I, I, it's Lincoln Riley to me. All right. But, so, yeah, last year, real quick, there, there was a dud, but they survived it. There was yeah. a dud, but they survived it. It was Oregon State, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. And that game against Oregon State was in Corvallis, so, our, you know, whatever. They but scored other- 17, 17 points. That's all they put up. Yeah. They did win, but they scored they 17 points. The other games, 66, 41, 45, 42, 30, 42, yeah. 45, 41, 55, 48, 38. Yeah. yeah. Dude, they're not fooling around. They score. Go back. All you got to do is go back and look at all the offenses at Oklahoma. I mean, he wins the Heisman Trophy for his starting quarterback every freaking year. It's insane. Longer track record. Don't. Yeah, absolutely. But give Mike a Heisman caliber player for five years and see what we put up. It just should be noted. They did not get past 20 once last year. So he had, he had his little like uh, mini hiccup, but they won. They did. Win. Yeah. And, and listen, I do think that's probably true. Pretty much of any offense. There, there is always a clunker out there. And I will say that Oregon State team is the same one that nearly shut out Florida in the bowl game. They had to kick a field goal to score, and it was embarrassing. They were getting beat by 100, and they well, kicked a field goal. So, I, you know. You play to win the game, you know. You play to win the game. You yeah. kick a field goal down 38, you, you play to win the game. Yeah, so the thing is, uh, yeah, I think there's a clunker waiting on everybody, no matter how prolific you are, but the track record for – Lincoln Riley's insane. And it's the only reason, frankly, it's the only reason I'm a slightly nervous uh, because his brother is now at Clemson and I, uh, and that makes me nervous. Like if he's any good, if he's, if he's, if he's his brother, anything close to it, then we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. At that point you could argue that uh, you better get the first win <laughs> and you know, maybe you're 12 and oh and you're 12 and one and you can make it as an at large because first year coordinator, young quarterback you know Clemson might be a different animal in November than they are in week four yeah no it's going to be an interesting ride to see I what I can't know referring to our conversation in the first hour and I think this is this is again some I had somebody ask me this one time about baseball as well it's really at the heart of the movie Moneyball which is a great movie um if you remember uh Billy Bean Brad Pitt's character wouldn't watch the games Right. He, he was just about the numbers and, and all that. He really he gets too nervous to watch the games and he struggled. The, the human part of him struggled with all of that. He just became so obsessed with that new way of doing business and, and building a team. And Jonah Hill's character provided him that information. But Jonah, oddly, despite being the numbers guy from an Ivy League school, watched the games. Remember, he would invest emotionally in the games and he was the one who came up with the numbers. But it was because it's played by humans, and he always remembered that. And that in any one sample, it, it, you could throw out the window all of those 162 game projections. This is one game. This is Tuesday night's game. This guy's going to hit four home runs this year. That's not good over the course of a season. But what if he hits two in one game and we win five to four, and it happens tonight? <laughs> so that's like what you do. You watch the games. Well, I, I, Clemson has had all of this success, and they've won. And even when they're having a bad year, like I said last year, they still win 10 games. They still go out, and that's how good their program is. I suspect, Tom, that there's something wrong in the inner workings of Clemson. 
I suspect that behind the scenes, things are beginning to get clunky. There are some issues. There is not uh, unbridled joy in Clemson, South Carolina, like there was for a big stretch of this run. It feels like some people are beginning to question the leader. And we'll see. I can't know that I'm not there, but that's the perception from the outside. Things seem, I don't know, a little convoluted. But I'm going to watch the damn games because I don't know it. I suspect it. I don't know it. And the games still have to be played, and he made some changes, and they do have good personnel. It's not like they have had terrible recruiting classes. They still got good players. So let's see. Was it just that DJ Ua Ungule couldn't get it done, and they invested in him, and there was some communication breakdowns between he and the OC, and it was frustrating, and then they decided to make a change? And they lost a couple of assistants to go on to be head coaches, one to USF, one to Virginia. And, you know, change is never really good if you have something that is working over a long period of time. And all of a sudden you got to replace three and four guys. That could be the reason for your hiccup. It is kind of a minor miracle for that reason that Alabama just keeps dominating college football because that guy's gone through 400 coordinators. And it doesn't seem to matter. They just keep kicking ass. But that's because 90% of their roster are five-star players, and it's hard to lose when you've got better players than everybody you face. Um, I'm curious to see what Clemson is. I, I, they're a grand mystery coming into this season, Tom. I, are they the byproduct? Has the last two years been the byproduct where they look clunky because of the quarterback, the change in coaching staff members, or personnel here or there? Well, what is it? Is Or is it larger? Is it the bigger thing that I'm alluding to? That the, you know, the emperor is not wearing any clothes? That there's something going on here? Yeah, okay. So two years ago, not to relitigate the uh, seminal headlines argument from this week, but two years ago, Florida State, you could argue, should have finished the job against Clemson on the road and won that ball game. In their building, with far less talent, Drill away from, from doing just that and winning. I don't care that the Toafili play is a fluke. Uh, Jermaine Johnson had a, a scoop and score that was called back for the dumbest of reasons. You know, like that game is over. Florida State wins. And that should never, ever happen with the gulf of talent that Clemson has. And they still had Venables as their defensive coordinator at that point, if I'm not mistaken, as well, right? Wasn't he? Still a defensive coordinator in 2021. Yeah, he, he was, but they didn't give up a ton of points in that game. It wasn't like. They, but what I'm saying is, you know, it's not like they, there was this great exodus. And, you know, this was the first year where it's it's bare bones. Like last year, I could almost understand a little bit more how they got pushed and bullied on outside zone by Florida State, which, again, should not be something that happens, given how talented that Clemson defensive front is. But if you're trying to break in a new coordinator, I'll allow that, you know, that there are going to be some hiccups along the way. There's a reason Venables is one of the great coordinators in the history of college football, yeah. you know, and, and so when you lose him, it's impossible to just replace that unless you are the aforementioned Nick Saban. Um, but the other thing I'd say is if you look where Florida State under Jimbo goes and tanks, you could not have predicted it by recruiting classes. In 2015, they had the third-ranked recruiting class. In 2016, they had the third-ranked recruiting class. And in 2017, they dropped off but they were still the number six recruiting class in the country. Like we're scrapping and fighting and crawl crawling and doing all these things to finish with a top five class right now. And we haven't had one under Mike. We haven't had a single digit class and Florida state's on the precipice. Thanks to the portal of going to new heights. 
Clemson has had top five classes like a machine leading up to this moment that we're in. But I don't think that can tell you when something's about to fall apart. At least if you're looking from the lesson for Florida State, there was no indicator that from a recruiting class standpoint that we were unhealthy. And I'll do you one better. How about a Texas A&M too for Jimbo? His recruiting classes suggest that they should be where LSU was last year and beyond, but they're not. So sometimes recruiting classes are nice in December or February, but they don't tell you the whole story of what's going on. The oddity, this is a side note here, but we're on the verge of college football starting, so this is fun to take inventory of everything, opponents and the landscape across the country and coordinators and talent and all of it. Oddly, I think Texas A&M is a team this year of extremes. They are either going to finish the implosion, finish the complete collapse, and they'll fire Jimbo, and they'll start over, and they'll give him all the money you could possibly give him to go away, and he'll go live on his three ranches and do whatever he wants to do, and eventually end up, by the way, I predict, at West Virginia, where he'll be the head coach, and he'll love it, and he'll succeed there. That's an aside. Number two, number two, if they don't go that way, they're going to be a problem. They're loaded. They are absolutely loaded with talent. If Jimbo Fisher sets down his pride, it is hard to do, especially for that man. If he can take off that shield and lay it down and let that ass clown of an offensive coordinator go to war for him and truly run the offense, call the plays, install during the week, and Jimbo's not meddling with every detail, but instead taking a massive seat back, step back, and deciding to finally be what I think a lot of coaches have to be, CEO. If he finally does it, buddy, they're going to win 10 games and they're going to be a problem. But I don't know that he can. I don't know that he can. They're one of the most intriguing teams in the country because if you're just judging by depth chart, they should be very freaking good, just like they should have been very freaking good last year. Yeah. But what, let's see what happens. I I just wonder, Tom, I don't know why, and I probably could reach out to somebody close to him and find this out. I don't think he wants to lose that job, man. And I think deep down he won't admit it publicly, and he certainly won't take the bait at press conferences. But I think deep down he's looked in the mirror here a little bit and thought there is no way to sugarcoat the fact that our offense sucked last year. It was awful. And I'm in charge of the offense. I call all the plays. I coach the quarterback. My offense is a quarterback-driven offense because I was a quarterback. And I want to have total control just like I did when I was a quarterback. That's why everything runs through me. Me and my guy, my quarterback. That's why Jameis works so well. Because like you once described perfectly, he saw the Matrix. He did. He got it. He saw what Jimbo saw. You know know how hard it is to connect with Jimbo's brain? He's nuts. And he's filled with non sequiturs and just crazy randomness. It's hard to get where he's going. But Jameis locked in and he saw the world for what it really was. 
and he ran that thing. I mean, Jimbo Fisher must lay in bed dreaming of these moments where he was talking to Jameis on the sideline. And listen, I, I don't, I'm not trying to, don't be nasty. I'm saying like, he must literally think to himself, God, those were the days. That young man just knew me. He knew me. He really got me. He understood. I was doing the uh, the Jimbo in the woods, smiling at the oh. sky. Yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> like the picture I took in, in, in yeah. Ireland, yeah. So, yeah, he must have been in that heaven, but he's never been able to find it before or since because how can you? It takes a unique individual. It's hard. He's been spending his whole life trying to find that other guy that sees the world, the offensive world, for what it really is. That's That's what he wants to find, and he can't find it. And it seems like he's going to die trying. But here's the deal. At some point, if you like your money and you like your job and he's got everything he could want on the periphery, right? He's got, if he if he walks to work tomorrow and says, you know, we need new hot tubs. Guys, guys, these hot tubs suck. If he walks in and says that, within an hour, they're installing new hot tubs. Billy Joe Bob is stroking a check of $100 million for the greatest hot tubs known to man. These hot tubs produce ice when you need them to be ice buckets. It's amazing what these hot tubs do. And that is what Jimbo has. So he has everything he wants, facilities, lunatic fans that come to every game, even when they're terrible, um, money beyond reason. If he realizes he's on the verge of losing the job, because for whatever reason, his grand view of offense is now antiquated in the past, irrelevant, and he turns it over to Bobby Petrino. Well, we know this about Bobby Petrino. He's a lousy human being with a face rash. But he is a guy that can really coach offensive football. Yeah. Really coach offensive football. Well, and can he still in this age? I, I just wonder. It's been a minute since he's had a chance. Is he over the hill as well? And the one thing that hurts my soul just a little bit, we always care about and cover Florida State first. But uh, – We'll have one eye when we're doing the pregame show at Hotel Indigo ahead of the Southern Miss kickoff at 8.30. On the second half of the greatest tailgate scene and uh, building scene oh, for the man. Texas A&M Miami. Texas A&M and Miami, a very fascinating game, legitimately so, for yes. a lot of football reasons. Yes. But also one of the great social human experiments in history as Aggie fans go down to Hard Rock Stadium out oh. in the <laughs> And that's a 3.30 kick that day. So we'll be able to watch the first half before we fire up the machine ourselves. But Oh, I have talked about this I don't know how many times, Tom. I this, this is the great – we need drones. We need drones there filming all these pockets of the tailgate out in that parking lot at Hard Rock to watch those blank kickers <laughs> drive it into that parking lot and seeing those guys – that representative fan base for Miami. Yeah. Those culture culture clashes on film in pockets all around that parking lot. We have got to see that. That is too good. <laughs> it's um yeah, it's the mad real world. It's the dad, you know, when uh yeah. the Chappelle's is getting like, why you look at me like that? He's like, like what? Like that, <laughs> like that. <laughs> I also want it's there's a little like Clayton Bigsby in there too. There's like so much where you're just like, this is what is going on. What is happening here? 
<laughs> it is, uh, I mean, really. Could we do the pregame? Do you think Jay from Hotel Indigo would just let us go down there to do that? He'd want to go with us. He'd crack up watching it. It's this guy. He <laughs> <laughs> just got shivved. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, I don't understand. Why did you do that? That's the greatest thing ever. You're like, what is going on? Yeah, that you're right. And then here come the military cultists to his rescue, and we've got ourselves a real situation. I wonder if they're deploying all like, you know, when there's homecoming in Tallahassee, any homecoming, the uh, the local police departments are like everybody's on call. It's just there's yeah. too much going on. And also, if there's a, a multi-home game weekend where both universities have a home game, there's just too many things going on at once. I'm sure the Coral Gables or Miami Gardens or whatever, they have to be on full alert for this one, man. Holy cow. It's the greatest pregame of all time. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 i watch the rain it settle in disappear for days again most of us will stay in lazy like the sky letters flew across the wire filtered through to sign up if you are on your way to orlando and uh you're gonna go and support your knolls get a big win all that good stuff you're gonna come to our tailgate our pregame show all those things we'll flash that up here in a second yeah there it is war chant live in orlando seminal headlines live meet and greet at four o'clock live show at five o'clock wall street plaza downtown at hooch that's on saturday sunday the pregame show with myself and tom lang from 12 to 2 wall street plaza Post-game show from Hooch, live until 1 a.m. That's T. Lizzie and Gene Williams. Good times. Uh, so there it is. Make sure you're doing that. But if you're going down there and you're going to get down there, say, Friday night, Saturday morning is the golf tournament for the Battle's End. And I was told that they need a couple more teams, a few more teams, guys. Let's do the right thing here. I'm going to save you a bunch of money. All you got to do is use the promo code TBE50. All right? T-B-E-50. You'll get 50% off for your group of four. Now, if you're just now hearing this and thinking this is a great opportunity, you're right. But also know that you need to sign up right away because that tournament is Saturday, September the 2nd, the day before our game. 
They will tee off, shotgun start at 9 a.m. Signups begin at 7.30 a.m. Go to thebattlesin.com and click on TBE events. TBE events. Thebattlesin.com. Guys, this course is beautiful. It's Champions Gate. You guys have heard of it. It's in Orlando. It's a, it's a national golf course. It's beautiful. Uh, and what you're doing here is not only playing golf on the cheap, because I just gave you a 50% off your group of four, but you're also supporting the Battles Inn, which is one of the reasons you're excited about going to Orlando to watch Florida State, because the Battles Inn has retained the players that are going to be out there kicking LSU's ass this weekend, and you're going to want to be a part of the whole thing. So go get your foursome involved. TBE50, thebattlesin.com, sign up, get your team registered, go play golf. When you see Ingram while you're there, I can't plan it this year, but uh, I've got other duties I got to do, and I'm, I'm bringing my wife down and all that stuff. But what I will say is when you see Ingram, he loves it if you hug him. He likes when strangers come up that are new members of the Battles Inn. He likes it if you just come up, even if you come up from behind. He likes it. You just roll up from behind him, and you give him a big hug when he's unsuspecting. It's just like, he loves the warmth. Loves the warmth. So you go for it. You go for it. Just give him a hug. I think what you have to do as you approach him for the hug, just to warn him is say, friend. And then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Bruce Feldman, who I respect, and I think does a good job. I don't always agree with him, but he does a good job. I don't always agree with anybody. So that's fine. I don't know why I threw that caveat out there. (laughs) Because you you barely respect him. That's what that sounds like. (laughs) Maybe. I actually, I do like Bruce. I've interviewed Bruce before. Uh, I I think he attempts to do the work. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think he tries, he, he calls in and he's asking people, he's trying to get a feel. He released his top 25. He had another top 25. He's got it. Michigan. Number one. He has LSU at number two. He has Southern Cal at number three, Georgia at number four, Ohio state at number five. That's fine. He's shaking it up. Have a good time. you, You could do that. I disagree with him, but who cares? He's got Florida State at six, and he did a little write-up, by the way, of all the teams and why he picked what he did. And, you know, for example, for Southern Cal, he writes, I was tempted to take USC to win it all. Caleb Williams is likely the best player in college football. He has so many weapons at wide receiver and running back. The defense should be much improved. They were so bad last year. Talked about, um, you know, new defensive coordinator and different players that they brought in, all that. So he kind of gives his reasons. And it's interesting. There's two things here. I want to read to you what he wrote about LSU. And then I'm going to read to you what he wrote about Florida State. As it's relevant, I've heard really good things out of LSU's camp about how much Jaden Daniels has improved as a passer. I'm told that he sees everything much clearer. He understands it better. He's no longer gun shy. I've also heard excellent things about Marshall transfer defensive back Andre Sam. Savvy playmaking ability on the back end of the defense is the only real question mark on that side of the ball for LSU. So he's putting stock into the fact that he's hearing some good things about a transfer uh, from Marshall at DV. That's a different take than we've heard, Tom, about their camp. And it's an interesting one. I'm sure somebody told him that that kid is playing really well. He didn't make it up out of thin air. I doubt he even knew who that kid was. So that's interesting. It is. Uh, cornerback has been the the issue specific to LSU's secondary. That, that has yeah. been the, that what's called into question. That they might have two, but there's Southeastern Louisiana and Syracuse transfers, and they don't like what they have at nickel, but they might not even have two. But right. if they've got a safety in the middle behind Perkins, then the middle of their defense, even without Mason Smith, is really solid. Yeah. 
Okay, so now let's scroll down here to Florida State. And I think this is an apt descriptor as well. He writes, I've been very impressed with Mike Norvell and his staff and what they've done at Florida State. They've worked wonders with the transfer portal. They're going to give people all sorts of problems with those running backs and three huge receivers in Jaheim Bell, Johnny Wilson, and Keon Coleman. The defensive line is also going to be very nasty. Hey, he's doing his work, I'm telling you. And, you know, that's a different write-up, a little bit of a different write-up. I think he's right. I mean, I think that's an apt descriptor if you only have a paragraph. That seems like what you'd say. Yeah, 100%. Uh, The defense has played a lot nastier, the defensive interior. And you're right. He has to be making calls because, I mean, look, I'm not even talking about one of the bigger name players that we have on the defensive line. They are saving some guys, you know, for the games. They are saving some guys for the game. So if, if you were to know that detail, then you're speaking to a coach. Because if, if you were trying to ask a fellow member of the media, you can't judge that by the reps. That there aren't, you know what I mean? Like they're making sure that guys are ready to go for LSU. And they're you ran- nailed this. He's talking to a coach. I yeah. think he's talking. I think he's talking to Mike Norvell. Could be. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I he has that kind of clout. Feldman yeah. does. He does. He's done. He's done the work. He worked for ESPN. He worked for Fox. He's worked for CB. He's worked for a lot of people. Um, I think. I think he does. The thing I'd say, uh, Braden Fisk is the key player to me in terms of a tell. And I said this yesterday, but if Braden Fisk is dominant as a defensive lineman against Florida State's opponents, then I feel really good about FSU's chances to go 11 and 1 or 12 and 0. Like, really, really good about them. Because there are times I'm looking at the interior of the O line, Braden Fisk wins a battle. He wins it convincingly. And I say, is this more about Braden or is this more about the guy he's lining up against? So if Braden is dominant against LSU and Clemson in the first month, then by nature, that means that we are A-OK on the interior of the offense. Yeah, the evidence would be overwhelming, yes. Yep, yep. I have a question for you. I, I played this game, fellow media member uh, that's out there, a friend of mine, uh, Pat Burnham. He and I were talking back and forth. Um, we see all these guys, by the way. Uh, un, un, I guess it would be an unpopular take here for people on boards that love to pit the sights against each other, but most of us are all friends on the beat. <laughs> Yeah, and we kind of we we stand around each other at different points of practices. So, for example, Pat and I have yucked it up the last week a few times looking at the trenches. Like he yeah. loves that stuff as much as I love that stuff. He's got a much better background in it, but we just yeah. we we trade. You know, we're trading what we were like. Oh man, look at that! You know, it's just that's it's fun. It is fun. So uh, Pat and I were talking about the uh, we were talking about the team, and we we're talking about big picture stuff. We we're talking about college football, really, like where it's going and what we were kind of debating what, what should happen, what ought to be, what lamenting what is lost. Big picture stuff from two old guys. <laughs> and uh, as we were talking about it, somebody wanted to know, did we have a difference of opinion about the season, about what, uh, what we think is going to happen? I said, well, I, I can't speak for Pat, but what I will tell you is I think we both think the team is really good. He nodded his head. I said, let's do this. What's the worst-case scenario What's the worst case for Florida State from a record standpoint? What's the worst they could do with this collection of talent in this schedule? So, like, if you want to assume, for example, that knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but let's say Jordan goes down for a few games or something like that, or or you lose them all together. I guess we're truly doing worst-case scenario. You'd have to say, okay, well, worst-case scenario is you lose your Heisman-caliber quarterback early in the season. It's football. It can happen. Yeah. 
remember Tom Brady went down on the second play from scrimmage or whatever the year I drafted him. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it can happen. Um, that's your worst case scenario. And then you have some problems, you know, we, we already said Daryl Jackson didn't get his waiver. Okay. Well, that's not good. And let's say somebody else goes down on that defensive line and what you thought was a deep line is no longer deep. Okay. Yep. yep. I said the worst case scenario, Tom, I still believe is eight and four. It's a number I had in my head as well. Um, if if Maurice goes down, if Jordan goes down, and Jared versus unavailable, and something else happens, like yeah, whatever. One of Keon or Johnny goes down, they're still good enough to go eight and four. Yeah, eight and four with this yeah. schedule. Worst case scenario is eight and four. Mm-hmm. And then I said the very best case scenario is obvious. They go twelve and zero. Yeah, the best case scenario is obvious. There are teams, by the way. That if I told you the best case scenario for, I might say seven and five, eight and four. We've had some sad sap collections here now. And there have been moments walking off that practice field where I thought, best case scenario, they get bowl eligible. Like nobody wants to say that, but that's sometimes the very best case scenario. That's where you win the all the 50-50 games just to get to six and six. You know, like that's that's when you're not good. All right. But that's not this team. This team, when they're really good and right, and they get all the bounces, best case scenario, they yeah. stay healthy. They're twelve and zero, folks. They are twelve and zero. Yeah, that's the, their potential. The best case scenario is actually so high and mighty that it's it's a little uncomfortable to say out loud. Correct. The best case scenario is you have a team that has a margin of victory on the level of twenty thirteen. It's within their grasp in the best case scenario. Ball bounces your way enough times you win the turnover battle in each game. Maybe a a batted ball uh, to a wide open receiver at the line of scrimmage on a fourth and two. And the quarterback walks off the field for your opponent going, oh, my God, that was it. That was our chance. You know, uh, because this defense, I I don't think they're going to stop getting turnovers once the season starts. I don't think that's a practice only trend. I agree with you turnovers allow for blowouts and you, and you've got the tools here on offense to smoke fools and they can be the a top five team or an unranked team. You could smoke them just the same, but if you can add a couple of picks in the first half to that equation, games can be over against good opponents at halftime, but that's the best case scenario. That's not necessarily the reality of what's going to happen. It's just, it's, there's a little thing. I, I play this uh, F1 video game. Now I've gotten into F1. And there's these little metrics for your car and these four categories of, of what you can do. And then there's this dash line at the top that says your potential of what you can be. Florida State's dash line in this chart <laughs> is like, whoa, it's in that dominant, like all-time team territory. But that, again, is if everything goes right. But if it's in the middle, there's going to be a really, really good team. Sign up for the Battle's End if you like good teams. Go to thebattlesend.com. Help the Battles in ensure that we're having similar conversations next year. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. <laughs>
If you're on the radio, you can't see us. But if you could see us, you would be envious of the clothing that I'm about to hold up. We have friends. We have dear friends at Garnet and Gold who do the right thing in helping sponsor the Jeff Cameron show and the pregame show and, of course, all the stuff we do at Warchant.com. And if you're a member of Warchant.com, that is to say you're a subscriber, you get huge rebates, some days more than others, but you're always getting a huge rebate on all the cool Florida State gear. So stop being silly and subscribe to Warchant.com and benefit because of the discounts you're going to get on garnet and gold clothing. Now, you ready, Tom? You ready? Mm-hmm. For those that can see, check out this bad boy. Whoa. Oh, you haven't shown me that yet. How about that, huh? So to describe for folks at home, that is the old state of Florida logo on an old school, more reddish style garnet uh, hoodie right there, man. Isn't that gorgeous? Have you noticed this year too? Okay, so I've heard whispers that there is a rollout of some kind coming in September. I don't know what it is. because I they, do. You do? I do. Okay, well, you found out clearly from somebody that doesn't work at Garnet Gold because they signed non-disclosure agreements mm-hmm. about whatever the rollout is going to be. But have you noticed that they've had a lot of state of Florida stuff that is more in the red family, the red, white, and mustard family? Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah, me too. Like this hat is fantastic. I'm wearing an old school hat. You can go to the the uh, the vault over there and get all old school. Yeah. But this is more in the uh, Florida State maroonish garnet side. They're doing more red side, and they've got that as well that you're holding up. Look at that bad boy. That's a golf shirt. That's beautiful. That is the N7 teal. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So there you go. I got it. Uh, yeah, a lot of goodness. A lot of goodness there. Oh, oh, I'm throwing stuff around. Anyhow, Garnet and Gold, go see him. Say hello. Uh, Tara also likes it if you just walk up and hug her. Um, and then uh, yeah, so that, that I will not say. You know, like, <laughs> Ingram. If you're one of our female listeners, I suppose it's less creepy. I'm kidding. It was a joke. And if you are to uh, Deb and Melissa and all those out there, also just before you approach her, say, friend yeah and then come in for the hug she doesn't mind the hug if you're buying seven shirts <laughs> so the number is seven and you get a hug that's how Just that works cl- cloak her in the uh in the receipt you know like it's a sash uh like it, it's a cvs length receipt <laughs> hundreds of dollars of retail money <laughs> oh my goodness um oh really quickly we're about to say goodbye once we do we're going to get in the car. We're going to drive to the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Listener appreciation party, kids. It's today. It's happening now. College football starts tomorrow. Not next week. Tomorrow. It starts tomorrow. So we're having Libations Friday Fest 2023 today from 4 to 6. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Special panel. We'll just be talking to you guys up there, hanging out, answering questions. And thanks to the Battles in, we'll be drinking free domestic beer for as long as the keg lasts. So you're going to want to get there early. Get there at 4 o'clock. Make it happen. Appalachia Parkway, 4 o'clock today. Should be good times. Final thing here, we do have to give probables. Uh, I, you know, Tom, where do you sit on the uh, extra innings deal here? Uh, the 10th the, the t- the inning, runner at second base. Uh, good for the regular season and uh, rubbish for anything beyond that. And I don't think they'll ever have it in the playoffs scenarios. But, yeah, man, I, I don't like – having to decide if we're going to lose the next two games in a series because we're going all, all in on a 17-inning game. I just that, That's annoying to me. So where do you stand on it? I, uh, this is solely selfish. Uh, I agree with everything you just said because it's the right answer. But the uh, 
frustration I feel is that the Pirates lose every extra inning game they play. It is the dumbest thing in the world. We cannot get a runner home from second. Everybody else can. Everybody else hits a ground ball to the right side, moves them to third. Next guy hits a fly ball to center field. They score the run. No big deal. And the next guy strikes out. So we give up a run. We come up, line drive at the shortstop. He picks off the runner standing at second. Next guy pops up. Game over. Thanks for playing. It's infuriating. Yeah, let me add one thing to it. If Major League Baseball wanted to adopt that that is the policy for the 11th inning and beyond, I'd be okay with the 10th inning being old school. Let's see if you can manufacture a run the real way. And then the from the once we get to the 11th, all right, we tried. Let's let's shorten it up and, and maybe have the 12th, maybe even the 12th. Okay, yeah, I'm just a little frustrated. We lost an extra innings to the Cubs last night, five to four. I'm like, God, dog it again. Every extra inning game. Uh, don't forget, guys, Power Mill Sports, Power Mill Sports sponsors Probables. We appreciate them doing that. Your son or daughter will benefit greatly from the skills they teach, getting the most out of their talents by being fundamentally sound. Power Mill Sports, powermill.com. Go check them out. They're awesome. Capital Circle over there, Industrial Drive, good people. They've done a lot to help baseball players and softball players everywhere. Cue it up. Let's get to. Here we go. Matt Manning. We got Nationals Marlins. Joan Adam. What's this guy named Joan? Braxton Garrett. Yankees Rays. Garrett Cole. Zach Eflin. Rockies Orioles. Kyle Freeland. Cole Irvin. Cubs Pirates again. We got Kyle Hendricks and Tommy Mitch Keller. Not just screwing, Mitch. Thank you. Come on. Cardinals, Phillies, Miles Mikolas. Yes. <laughs> Christopher Sanchez, Guardians, Blue Jays, Tanner Pibby, Chris Bassett. Lance Lynn goes for the Dodgers. He's 100. Red Sox, TBD. Angels, Mets, TBD. Stank time. Nothing. A's, White Sox, Zach Neal, Dylan Cease. We got Rangers, Twins, Dane Dunning, Sonny Gray, Padres, Brewers, U Darvish, Brandon Woodruff, Reds, D-backs, Hunter Green, Brandon uh, Fat, Royals, Mariners, Brady Singer, Brian, Brian Miller, and uh, Bryce Miller, I should say, Braves, Giants, Spencer Strider, Logan Webb. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. You know, you should see all those tubs they have over there off of Greer Street. My God, pinch a penny. Hundreds of tubs, and you can get it for very, very cheap, as low as $99 a month. Go get you a hot tub, people. Good work out of you, Tom. Good work, uh, Ben, Director Matthew, everybody that listened. Don't forget, 4 o'clock, listener appreciation party, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Peace.